0: the Yikes! Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like they say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. Pat we trust, inspire, have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome to Five on the Floor Live, another crossover with Miami Heat beat, although this one's not called Hangover Time. I'm Ethan Skolnick. (laughs) You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports We got Brian Fonseca. You can follow him at Brian Fonseca NY. We're going to take the NY out of there at some point. You got to leave New York, my friend. I've already done that. And we've got from Miami Heat beat. I think it's my first time ever doing a stream with him. Frankie G. Three of us are going to be with you for the next 20 minutes or so. Our producer is Manny Chang tonight. The Miami Heat win tonight against the Clippers. The sky was falling, but they pressed it up just a little bit tonight. Jimmy Butler returns I was told before the game that the knee was 100%. It was actually the back that was bothering him. I didn't report that, but the back was bothering him a little bit over the past 48 hours. But the knee was okay. The swelling had gone down, and he looked like it tonight. His return helps the Heat win, but also Bam out of bio, an enormous game tonight, particularly that third quarter. And then Caleb Martin, five threes in the second quarter. No Lowry, no Vincent tonight. Drew Smith started, obviously didn't close, Victor Oladipo, Played a lot of those minutes along with Tyler Hero in the backcourt. Spurs are coming in Saturday. Again, not everything is fixed. We're going to get into what still needs to be fixed going forward. But this thing really could have gotten out of control if they lost tonight. This was a Clippers team without Kawhi uh, coming in on the second of a back-to-back. You didn't want to drop this one. And there were times during this game where it looked like it was going to get away like some of these other ones have gotten away, but they did show resolve. And there were a few things that were really promising to me tonight that they can build on again, as they try to move forward here. We are sponsored by our friend Lynette. I know she's been discouraged of late by the play of the heat. She's in this boat with all the rest of you. Uh, If you need car insurance, life insurance, renter's insurance, reach out to her, particularly car insurance does a great job with that. If you have a bad driving record, she's the one to help you insurance by Lynette.com two N's and two T's in there nine five four five eight one eighty eight hundred nine five four five eight one eighty eight hundred and you will find her comments scrolling here on the screen we will take your comments tonight super chat obviously we'll get to those first we'll be posting them as we go here Um, here's what I want to start with Brian and uh, you know when we look for, for like sort of seeds of hope okay like can they turn this thing around and we did an hour podcast yesterday where we assessed blame, okay? Who's to blame for this and for that and all the rest of it? I will tell you that episode was listened to inside the building today because I got a lot of texts and a lot of calls and a lot of people wanting to explain certain things. And, you know, that is going to lead to more content as we go forward here. But I'm just looking for, like, sort of green shoots, okay? Like, is there something that – because they're not going to tank. I talked to two heat officials today, prominent heat officials, who said to me, we can't tank if we want to. We suck at it, okay? We are not tanking. It's not in us, okay? We're not good at it. Whenever they've tried to tank, they've failed, okay? They tried to tank for Derek Rose in a certain way. That didn't even work out. They tried the year that they got Dwayne Wade, 2000, 2003. They won a game against Toronto. They didn't want to win, okay? They won that game. They ended up getting Dwayne instead of Chris Bosh. worked out that they ended up with both of them. So they're not going to tank, Brian. They're going to try to press forward. To me, the single most promising thing from tonight was Bam and Jimmy looked connected. And that has not always been the case. The two-man game was there. Jimmy was looking for him. Bam was looking to be aggressive. And we said it. Will Bam shrink when Jimmy comes back? When Jimmy plays with him? He didn't tonight. And Jimmy made sure of it. I thought that was the single most promising thing about tonight.
1: It's the first thing I have in my notes was Jimmy and Bam having a great two-man game that they established early on, and they were able to carry that through. Part of the reason why Bam had such a big night, he had 30. And Jimmy Butler was looking for him. They were looking for each other. And we talk about the Tyler Bam pick and roll a lot, but what I like are the options coming out of it, not just for shooters, but for somebody like Jimmy Butler, who's going to cut. And there was a play very early on in the game, it was like eight minutes left in the first quarter, where they run the Tyler Bam pick and roll, And Jimmy Butler, as soon as Bam gets the ball mid-range, he sees that Bam is about to pull up. He Obviously, he knows his tendencies. They've been teammates for years now. He sees that Bam is about to pull up, take the shot. In midair, passes the ball to Jimmy Butler, who's cutting to the basket. He's underneath the rim. Easy layup. That's what you want to see out of the Tyler Bam Bam pick and roll, among other things, right? You want to see Bam get his. You want to see Tyler be able to navigate screens uh, offensively. be able to set up his jumpers get to the elbow etc he was struggling to hit some shots tonight but he was getting to the spots at least right and that was the most encouraging thing for me is looking at jimmy and bam and the other thing is like from a macro standpoint they're 12 and 14 now they're two games out of fourth in the eastern conference like amid all the shit we've been talking about (laughs) They were 14 and 11 at this point last year. And people were posting that like, Kayla Martin has big game one year ago today against Milwaukee Bucks. And you look at the scoreboard and it says Miami 14 and 11. And then we saw what happened after even amid like, you know, all the injuries and things of that nature. So that's not to say that they're going to have a historic turnaround, although they've done more with less in other cases going 30 and 11 after an 30 start. Not expecting that. But that's to say that knowing this organization is not going to tank. And who would at this point of the year if you have Jimmy Butler, Bam, on your roster? Like, that's just not going to happen. They're going to look at it internally, as most organizations would, as why would we tank if we're just a couple of games out of a top four seed? We make another move and we can get even higher than that. So they're going to buy themselves some time into January 15th. Look at the roster and fuck what everybody's going to say on Heat Twitter, whatever the case may be. They're not going to care about that. This is just how any organization would operate. I'm not even saying this as just some Miami shit. I'm Mm -hmm. saying this for any smart organization. No, they're not going to listen to avatars on Twitter just because they, you know, have something to say, whatever the case may be. They're going to operate like an organization would and look at what the facts are. The facts are they're only a couple games out of the fourth spot and you're about a third into the season. You're about that 33 percent mark and flexibility is coming the The key, though, is they have to be able to get there and get their healthy. otherwise, this season can just go haywire once again.
2: well, it's not it's not just getting their healthy, though. It's getting their emotionally and mentally healthy, right? and and that's why I think like every win they can pick up like this, Frankie, is meaningful because it, it just it, it does buy them more time, right? It, it It buys them more time before the bottom falls out because, there's been a lot a lot of really negative things that have come out not just from people around the players it's just frustrations you start losing everybody again starts blaming each other i felt like there were more people blaming each other in my texts than there were actually than we were actually blaming anybody on the podcast yesterday like it, it just we see this with teams they start to struggle they fracture and then things start to look worse and then more guys sit and then it gets worse from there and, and it just, again, seems like they just want to buy time. I, I think Brian hit perfectly. And, and I, this was said to me today, until mid-January. like Until they have all of the assets they can possibly have in terms of contracts, they'll have a better idea around the league. The Western Conference is completely flipped from what mm. we expected. Nobody thought New Orleans and Utah would be top four seeds in the West at this point. So there, there are teams that they thought might drop out, that players would be available that may not be. And teams that they didn't think would drop out, there may be players available that they didn't think would be. But none of that is really going to become clear for another month or so. So that's why I thought tonight mattered.
0: To you, did it matter? Um, Absolutely. I think um, what you touched on with the Jimmy Bam pick and roll, their chemistry, uh, I think that's something that they need to get to. They need to rely on that. They need to have that as an effective weapon. In years past, we see them try to go to that in the playoffs. Teams will switch it, and they really stifle it. And unless Jimmy has a, a smaller guard on him, it, it really wasn't something that they could uh, attack uh, and find creases. You know, Bam, Bam's found his little uh, mid-range uh, jumper this season. He's found that little half-circle by the charge circle. He likes to go to it and and shoots over the top of bigs, and he can go to it uh, reliably now. But if they're not a productive duo and in that tandem, it's that they're not a threat. They're not a threat in the playoffs there. That's their two best players. They need to have some chemistry there. They need to be uh, outstanding together on, on the floor um, during the playoffs when it matters the most in the crunch time. We've talked about the crunch time offense at nauseum for the last like three or four years. And, uh, one of the reasons is because they haven't been able to solve the switching and their patience today going back and forth. You know, when it, uh, there was a play where they ran a, uh, a pick and roll, um, gave it to Bam inside. He didn't have nothing. He pulled it back. He let everybody go back to the, to their man. And then he attacked the gap and got it, got a, a nice little layup out of it. It's plays like that where they develop their chemistry. They've Bam seeing more double teams than he ever has. And, uh, That's huge for the playoffs because you're you want Bam and Tyler ready for the playoffs because you saw last year, great seat regular season when it mattered most Bam and Tyler were not ready to face playoff level defenses. They did not know how to score consistently. Um, and when things boggle down and, and, but baskets became a lot harder now, I don't care about home court as much as like half of he Twitter. I care about getting them ready for the re- playoffs, go through your struggles, get bam ready, get Tyler ready as well as a playmaker, but they both need to learn that balance between playmaking and scoring that, uh, it's, it's come at, you know, a, a, not, not all linear growth. There's ups and downs there, but, um, the getting them ready for the playoffs is way more important than any home seed. Cause they, we saw last season, they lost three straight home games to end the season. The home court advantage doesn't matter to them. They need to be ready to play. And when we talk about the bam, Jimmy dynamic, um,
2: I had this debate with Alex on the podcast yesterday because it's never looked right to me, Brian, like because they need a buffer between them because they occupy similar spots on the floor uh, it's the, you wouldn't put the two of them together offensively and say, these should be your two best players defensively. You would mm-hmm. offensively. You wouldn't do it. Um, And he's, but what he said to me is the numbers with the two of them are always good though. Like it's always good. It, it sort of depends who's on the floor with them. And, and I think that's why tonight mattered a little bit too. I've been making this point that when Tyler hero scores a lot, they lose. Okay. Uh, coming into tonight's game in the 8 wins that he played in. Eight, 8 he averaged 15 in in the in the 9 losses he averaged 25. Now, when I spoke to someone about that today, uh in the organization, they said, "Well, you got to you look, you have to temper that a little bit because sometimes he's been scoring and we've been losing because Jimmy's not playing or somebody else isn't playing. So somebody needs to score. So we're asking Tyler to do that." But I also think there is something to the fact that when Tyler is kind of doing his thing, the rest of the team stops, okay? And and it seems to me like as much as I've been pushing Tyler to be the leading scorer on this team and all the rest of this, this team is better when they're playing through Bam. And when Jimmy is trying to find Bam, and Bam is aggressive and everybody feeds off of that, and Tyler is basically providing essentially relief points, okay, in that scenario, but is not the guy that you were counting on. He did some good things tonight. He had a couple of bad sequences tonight. I thought his overall floor game was pretty good tonight. I thought his defense was better tonight. Um, even when he, there was a mistake on the offensive end, he came back and got a block uh, late in the game. So he was competing on the defensive end. I feel like this is more of a form. Now, when Lowry comes back, it changes a little, okay? But I feel, Brian, like this is a little bit more of a formula where it's, okay, we're going to make sure Bam's engaged through the entire game, okay? Okay. Jimmy's going to ensure that Jimmy's going to settle us. Tyler's going to provide relief points. I feel like if they can kind of carve out that they'll be, they'll be better offensively than they've been. And maybe the other shooting will start to come back.
1: And they need that because bam is somebody who can activate so many other guys on the roster. That's really the key. Like he can activate all the shooters. He can activate Jimmy. As we saw today, they did that with each other. And he could obviously activate Tyler because people scream for the BAM, Tyler, pick and roll. My only concern with using BAM as, a, I guess, the hub and the primary uh, option is you're also asking him to do a ton on defense. And if you're going to ask him to carry both ends of the floor, which I'm not saying they are offensively, but if you are, then you're you're going to have questions about his health going forward because sustainably, like, How are you going to switch more than anybody in the NBA and then also carry your team offensively? So I think that they have to be able to manage that as well. I think this is why Tyler matters in terms of doing what he does in the flow of the offense and doing it in a way that equates to winning basketball, because I'm not saying he's not a winning basketball player, but we do have some evidence of some on off numbers that haven't been favorable towards him. And to Ethan, your point, like they have there have been plenty of games where Tyler would get his and they wouldn't win. Yes, Jimmy wouldn't be there sometimes, but sometimes he is, and it's still the case. So I think that with Bam at a bio in particular, if offensively he's going to just lead the way all the time, you're gonna you're gonna have to need these shooters to get going. And Max Struess in particular, because he's sort of one of the key elements of this. Duncan Robinson doesn't even play that much anymore. If he hit shots, he probably would. And I think that's really the key. Is another reason you need Bam to do this offensively is because what are your other options? You right. have Caleb Martin hitting four or five threes and things of that nature. Like, I don't think that's sustainable. And I look, look, Caleb, Caleb Martin's got balls of steel. This dude does not care. He's going to hoist up threes no matter how ugly his form looks. And he's going to shoot well doing it. He shot well from three last year. And this year, he's had some big games from there as well. God bless him. But I don't think that he's going to get 20 a game, <laughs> you know, feeding off Bam meta bio and just pulling up from three. Well, he's, well, Brian, he's, he's three
2: been their out. most consistent three point shooter. And, and I, yeah. I don't think that even they anticipated that. And I'll say this again, uh, in response to our pod last night, one of the things that the organization wanted to make clear was that there was a choice this off basically between Caleb Martin and PJ Tucker. That, that Heat fans have framed this as, well, you could have kept P.J., and they're like, well, yeah, we could have kept P.J., we wouldn't have kept Caleb. Now, I know that there were perhaps other mechanics to get this done if the owner was willing to pay the tax, which he was not, okay? But with the parameters that they were given, they had the mid-level exception to use. They could have used it on P.J. Tucker with the extended years, or they could have given it to Caleb Morton. I think if, if it's framed that way for Heat fans, I think ninety percent of Heat fans right now would say they made the right decision. They kept the younger, ascending player who gives them athleticism on a roster that they don't have. It no matter how much they respected PJ, but it hasn't been framed that way by most people. It's right. been assumed like everyone's like, "Well, they lost PJ. Okay, well, we'll look at the way Caleb's playing. Frankie. Like, did you want? <laughs> Stop did, playing. Him. Did, you, did you want to lose Caleb? And, and I'm not saying he's playing the right position because he's right. not. Okay. To me, he would be like a top five reserve wing in the entire league right now. If that's where Absolutely. he was, if that's where he belongs. But he's made the best of it. Like if we talk about people who've disappointed this
0: season, he's not among them. Mm-mm. Right? No, not not at all. He's he's been very reliable, very consistent. Like you know, Brian said about the three point shooting, he brings that. But he brings the first step, the drives to the rim. He he has chemistry with every single player on this team. Like, there's no awkward moments, awkward passing uh, or anything like that. Uh, He just does his job, gets everyone involved. He's a a great connector. You know, uh, I love him um, catching it on a reverse, jab stepping. You know the jab step, it's going to be the three. I, I hate that he steps on the line more than anyone in the league but uh, he he does a great job balancing. He's there the to attacks. Josh Richardson in that regard. Actually. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's it's in bounds or out of bounds. He, he's stepping on the, on this one cut line. Um, but he does a great job, you know, balancing it on offense. Uh, he does a great job finding cutters on, on drives, cutting to the basket from the dunker spot, bringing help when he cuts in and uh, sucking in the defense to allow uh, the shooters to get open. But uh, You know, one of the things that PJ did was he was our point of attack defender last year and Caleb stepped up in that role. He's guarding one through three, doing a great job. He's not as strong and bulky as PJ, but, you know, he he brings a lot more athleticism and uh, especially offensively. You see it, you feel it and he can carry you through stretches as he as he's done multiple times this season. Like you can't um, like denounce how valuable he's been to this team. Yeah, they just got to get him
2: in the right role, and yeah. I, I think I think ultimately they recognize that. But I think one of their goals going forward, and and after the the ad, we're going to get to some of these comments up here, and we'll respond to them. One of their goals this season is to cut Jimmy's minutes the rest of the way. Um, he's averaging 36 minutes a game in the games he's played, which is the most since he played for Tibbs in Minnesota. They don't want that to continue, okay? Uh, but to get there. They really need Caleb to be playing the three off the bench more often. That, that's the way to do it. But they don't have a four that they can use right now because they're not going to go with Jovic at this stage. The yurt thing is months down the line. I know how you feel about that, Brian, but you know I know you know Spoh's not going to do it. He's just not. Free Yovich. So, so, yeah, so it, it's a question of can they get a functional four at this point, Caleb, with average 16 if he didn't step on the line. I will say he, he doesn't step on the line like Josh used to, which – I mean, Josh would do it in the last two minutes of every game, just driving baseline. Like every single time he would step on the line. Uh, and I like Josh as a player, but that was uh, that was one of his fatal flaws. Can, but Caleb also does it in slow motion. Like no, you see the foot go in front of the other foot and you're like, oh, he's going to no, shoot. I know. It's like <laughs> somebody just needs to reach out and grab him. I I, I do want to come back though. I want to talk about, uh, this has come up in the comments here a few times. Um, do they have kind of a Max Struess problem right now a little bit? Because it feels like, some of their guys have hit the wall. I felt like Gabe did before he got hurt here. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, right after this. Do want to mention Prize Picks? Uh, that's our fantasy sponsor. Use the code 5FIVE. F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. World Cup quarterfinals coming up. Everybody's been playing that. Our guy Austin Robiardo have his picks up there tomorrow. Brian does the MMA stuff for us over at Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. F-I-V-E. Uh, NHL, you can play just about everything there. I hit a four for four tonight. Um, thank you, Bam. Thank you, Reggie Jackson. Uh, that that worked out. Thank you, Zubach. That worked out pretty well. Uh, and also uh, one on the Raider game. So use the code five F I V E. Get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Save
1: big
0: on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.
2: All right. Why don't we get some comments up here, um, and I'll I'll respond to them as we go. Manny Chang, our producer tonight. Um, I, I did see one that I'll respond to before it comes up. I was asked here because it's just a follow up. Actually, we'll get to this one first. This comes in for Real Issues Podcast. Can Victor Oladipo be the answer to the bench? We still need a four, though. I'm after seeing him for a couple games. All right. I'm cautiously, very cautiously optimistic about his health. I still don't know about his fit. Um, He looks to me like he's got his first step back from where it was in the preseason. We were watching him at a preseason game and then Jamal Kane came in for him and the difference was noticeable just in terms of burst. It just didn't look like Vic had that in his legs anymore. It has looked like he's got it. Um, My concern with Vic will go back to the concern I had last year is that what is that a he takes a lot of like he takes bad shots still he takes long twos at a rhythm of the offense Now part of that is just again continuity playing with these guys i still don't like his our guy gag cartagena was at the game tonight he took a, a video of him and jimmy talking like you know joking around for two minutes there's a personal relationship there i don't like their playing relationship it doesn't it doesn't look like they fit particularly well um he was, he, he has a really good relationship personally with hero. It also doesn't look like they fit particularly well. What, what do we, Frankie, what do you think about the, the basketball fit? Cause they do need someone to run the bench. There's no question about that. They need bench scoring. I, I feel like the defense
0: will be there. I don't know if relying on him for bench scoring is going to be particularly efficient. It's like you said, it's up to him because the shot, uh, the shot profile hasn't been great. His decision-making has been great. So ever since he's been here uh, this last past season, um, when he was on the ball in the second half, though, and he was kind of playing more of the point guard role and, and attacking first, that's where you saw the flashes of what I'm sure the, the Heat organization sees in him and, and what he could be. Because he was attacking, the, getting it two feet in the paint, going to the floater, finding the big man on the roll, uh, k- kicking it out, spraying it out to shooters, and letting Tyler play off of him in, as opposed to the other way around. Vic hasn't found any comfort off the ball yet he kind of just wavers gets in the way doesn't know the spacing doesn't know where he should be or what he should be doing um i wish he would cut a little bit more like pick his spots a little bit more off the ball um but on the ball you can definitely see the the flashes there's needs to be more consistency um his finishing has has been very poor i, I think he's still understanding his body trusting his body but when he's driving he's bringing the defense in He is forcing help. He is getting fouled, and that's something they've been missing. Uh, You mentioned Gabe. Gabe was sneaky, one of their most important players last season, just the steadiness of him being able to attack, find gaps, find shooters, find his floater, find his jumper, um, and defensively on the ball. Vic can do uh, approximate some of that. Better athlete. Um, better rebounder, more physical defender. He's not going to get out muscled like Gabe did at times in the playoffs. Um, if he can fit s- some of that role, then he'd have what they need. He-, he just needs to accept that role and accept that he's not Victor Oladipo in Indiana anymore. Yeah. I feel like he intellectually accepts it,
2: but then when he's out on the court, he gets away from it. Right. Like, and and I, and I think that again, some of that may come with continuity and time, but on a team that's not getting great long range shooting, putting him on the floor at times is gonna make that worse. And that's that defensively it'll give it to you. But as you mentioned, Robinson's not playing anymore. They've pretty much given up on that entire thing. Like they're they're not trying to pump his value up, even when he plays. They don't run anything for him. They're not running him through stagger screens anymore. They're not. They're not running the dribble handoffs. They've finally gotten away from this thing where like Bam has to get Duncan open instead of the reverse. Okay, so he's not even a factor in this anymore. And Struess is struggling. I do want to get to that before we get to some of the comments because I I, I understand like he fans like Max Struess, okay? Um, And Jimmy likes Max Struess, and Struess is a great story, and he's averaging over fourteen a game this year. And they won a lot when he started last year. And their numbers with him on the floor with the other four starters are better than their numbers with Hero on the floor with the other four starters. But if he's going to keep shooting like in the you know high 20s, low 30s from three and have these games, Brian, then they have another problem there because they don't have enough long range shooting to get away with him being cold, particularly if Duncan's not playing.
1: Yeah, and then you need guys like Victor Oladipo to hit shots, and part of the reason he doesn't quite fit with some of the guys we're talking about is because somebody has to hit shots from the perimeter, and Oladipo and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo all want to drive, so somebody has to take jumpers, and then with Max Struess, you need him to hit the jumpers then, and he's not doing that consistently enough, because I was surprised to find out that before this game, he was 35% from three for the season. Generally, that's not bad, but Max Struess is brought to Miami as a shooter, as somebody who I watched and covered a little bit at DePaul, knocked down three-point shooter and had an offense built around that skill set when he was in college. Mm. And was somebody who would shoot a high percentage from three, the bulk of his shots from three-point land. And you would have taken 14 points a game from him if he was shooting about 38, 39, 40% from three. That's what you expect of him. And that's why he's there. But if he's not doing that, then it makes the fit clunkier with jimmy butler bam at bio because in order for them to play well as we were just talking about they need the shooters around them to be hitting shots beyond just tyler hero and tyler hero is a streaky shooter at times he was four for eight from three tonight but he was six for 17 overall and tyler hero is also not going to hang out behind the three-point line he's going to knife into the lane and get his get to his floater get to his elbow jumpers etc so max strews has to hit threes gabe vincent has to hit threes also and you mentioned his struggles before Uh, the injury and he hadn't been doing that this year either I even think defensively he's not quite where he was at the end of last year which is something that's hurting them as well so it feels like the guys that they expected to take a step really those two in particular we can just focus on Gabe Vincent and Max Scherz for a second they haven't taken that next step overall for where they need them to be which then could lend them lend itself to a conversation of like how much better are you expecting these guys to get? Really, because like they're not twenty-one, you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. sneaky older, and guys who were undrafted, et cetera, et cetera. I still think no, and that, and they're also they're also contract situations coming up. That's the other thing. And yeah, and really, and really, I don't, I, I wasn't expecting them to take a leap as much as you're expecting them to do what they did last year, and they're not doing that yet. Which is part of why they are where they are.
2: Well, I, I think part of it is we see with these guys, and we talked about this on yesterday's pod. But you know, a lot of these guys are undrafted. There is a ceiling there, like you know. And, and I feel like that's why. Although I don't think Spohs had his best season, uh, I think too much has been asked of him in the sense of. Okay, you got these guys to a certain level. Now get them to another level. There may not be another level. Now with Caleb Martin, there seems to be another level. Like we talk about the three. I think of the three of those guys together. They were all two way deals. They all have. A, they're all really good friends. You see them together all the time. Okay, Gabe, uh, Max, and and uh, G- Gabe, Gabe, Max, and Caleb. Caleb is the one that stepped forward this year, and that's why again this whole PJ Tucker debate is kind of stupid because they kept Caleb Martin. (laughs) That's worked. Okay. And they had to make a decision there uh, again, because of the tax consequences and everything else they were dealing with, but they're going to have to make a decision on Max and Gabe going forward. And I think I was looking at this season as a chance for Gabe to step forward and sort of prove he's their point guard of the future. And then you do pay him. And so you move Kyle next year, you get that money off the books and you say, you sign Gabe at a 10 to $12 million a year, as you're sort of, you know, you're, which is what you pay, kind of a low end starting point guard in the NBA, and you, and then Max replaces Duncan at a lower number, maybe ten to twelve million again, and you move Duncan. I think that was the game plan here, but I don't know that either of those guys has asserted themselves to the point where you're like, okay, you're comfortable doing that now. So I do think that has changed a little bit. We're gonna take three more comments here. I do want to uh, mention one of our other sponsors. It's ODM Performance Solutions odmpsi.com we mention them here all the time this is a consulting company uh, definitely reach out to ODM if you're trying to build a team you can find C-suite level management they will find all of that for you here I always mention on ODM performance solutions uh, that basically we're trying to find performance solutions for the heat itself okay reach out to ODM at odmpsi.com I think Manny do we have the website or no <laughs> all right, we'll, get, we'll get to it at some point we'll, we'll bring it back here uh, a little bit later. Um, there we go. Oh, well, there, that's the website, ODMPSI, uh, .com. uh, Check them out again uh, for all of your consulting needs for your business. All right. One performance solution here uh, for the heat. Let, let's, let's just look at, at this part of it. The rotation tonight, they've played a lot of Haywood Highsmith lately, right? We've talked a lot about the defense. It felt like Spo wanted to lean offense a little bit more uh, this evening, because Heywood, as good as he's been defensively, offensively, he I think he came in to tonight. He was the second lowest offensive rating in the entire league. Uh, can you play him for more than, say, five to
0: seven minutes of situational defense, Frankie? Uh, I see what Spose sees defensively. Offensively, it's just so bad if he can't hit. The three. He brings nothing to the table offensively. Um, he's not a threat as a drive. He's not a threat inside. He doesn't have the floater game. Um, he, he He's unselfish. He passes the ball sets good screens, but it's at his size. He's like six five, probably. He's, he doesn't bring enough to the table offensively that it makes up uh, for how good he is defensively, to his credit. He's, he's awesome defensively, as he showed to the Boston Celtics. Um, but he really needs to find a, some niche on offense to to bring the value because uh especially with the heat struggles if the if their other guys can't can't bring that three-point umph to make it balance out you know haywood can't really contribute on offense and he's gonna get these four or five minute dmp's maybe maybe close at the end of the game on a you know that you need a defensive stop um but you know, I, 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 I'm not too worried about him. I don't, I'm not too high on him, but I think he can, he contributes enough. Like they, they'll find spots for him. And as he's shown already, he can help. I want to get to a couple more of the comments
2: here. Um, and I'm just going to read through some, because there's been some questions. So we'll try to answer them as we go forward. Uh, the heat did sign Stanley Johnson to, well, to the, he's reporting to their G league team uh, in Sioux Falls. This is kind of a funny one because you look back all the way to 2015. That's who the Heat would have taken at 10 if he had fallen there and Justice had not. I know everybody talks about Devin Booker, but they'd scouted Stanley Johnson hard. I remember being in Chicago, spending about five minutes with Stanley Johnson at the pre-draft camp. And one of the members of the Heat scouting staff who's still there uh, came up to me later and said, stop talking to him and tweeting about him. Uh, cause, uh, and which tells you what direction they were going to go. <laughs> Stanley has not had the kind of NBA career, uh, that, that people thought he would have, but actually Brian, he wasn't bad with the Lakers I was gonna last say. year. Like, I, I feel like there's a, is there like, is Spokane going to try to turn him into a small ball four? I mean, is he the new High, Haywood Highsmith?
1: There's something to be said for trying to have half your rotation be undrafted guys and maybe trying out a former lottery pick mm-hmm. you know like maybe trying out somebody who had the pedigree in high school and college in particular and stanley johnson while i don't think he's going to be like the starting four necessarily i think whatever you're trying to squeeze out of other guys he could probably provide that with some more upside because of who he is and who he was projected to be at some point so and If any organization is going to, you know, turn back the clock for somebody like a Stanley Johnson, it is probably this one in Miami. He's only a little bit younger than Max Struth. See, that's the
2: thing, right? (laughs) Like, because no, we don't talk about that enough, though. It's a good point that you guys raised because, like, we don't talk about enough that when you get these developmental guys, they come to you older. I mean, Duncan was older, Max was older, Gabe was older. And so the upside there becomes somewhat limited, you know, I mean, you can try to, there's only so much you know, blood you can draw out of a stone at a certain point, someone like Stanley Johnson, who knows, I'm not saying he's going to change their fortunes, but he could end up being uh, a back end guy and, and to just take a look at him. We've talked about Cam Reddish. I mean, another lottery pick, maybe they get in on him too. Okay. But I, I do think they're going to start to mine some of these things. I, you know, I know truly who I, I know we follow on Twitter. I mean, he's made the point if you're going to take, if you're going to use this developmental power that you have, maybe use it on a guy who's got more raw material than some of the ones that they've developed here, which they've had success with. But again, at some point they hit the wall. All right, before we close here, and again, thanks for our sponsors, odmpsi.com, price fix uh, and also a aggressive insurance. You can find her at insurance by Lynette. Just a closing thought here, Frankie, do we feel better about this? Because 24 hours ago, the sky was falling. I had a, I will say a top five heat official who said to me we were dreadful for 48 hours we were unwatchable. I mean they 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 didn't they, they didn't shy away from how bad that was. The Memphis game, the Detroit game. Do you I, they're not fixed. I'm not going to let anybody say they were fixed. But but do you feel better about them
0: after tonight? Um I feel like they found some things that work for them and that they can continue to to grow and you know kind of uh, lean on but um, no until I see this consistency I'm not going to, you know, start believing in them yet. We thought they turned the We've thought they turned the corner versus Phoenix, versus Boston. You fooled me enough times. I got to see it
1: long-term now. What do you think, Brian? I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, like if you're going to beat Boston in Boston and they have like five losses this year and then turn around and drop those games to Memphis and Detroit, one of them at home, that's kind of indicative of a team that's 500 and we're nearing that territory where like is this kind of 2020 2021 all over again and outside of being one and one and two and two it took them a while i looked this up it took them until about late february now the season started a little bit later so the equivalent of that would be probably like late january or something like that but it took them that long to get to 500 and then they eventually got over it like immediately after they got to 17 and 17 uh which was at the 34 game mark we are not there yet mm-hmm. that was also a shorter season um they need to start winning games that's the bottom line uh and jimmy butler being healthy would help that obviously but they still need to get more out of their rotation which is not an issue they had you know last year because they had one of the deeper teams in the nba they need to get more out of the rotation so jimmy butler and kyle lowry aren't playing a ton of minutes because that's the other thing if kyle lowry if jimmy butler is going to have his minutes cut kyle lowry needs to get his minutes cut Mm. and if you're going to comfortably do that Gabe Vincent has to be better, so we'll see what happens. I'll give one sunshine-pumping uh,
2: stat here before we leave because, again, we were so negative yesterday that I feel like we need to flip just a little bit today. I mean, the Miami Heat, you know, the year they won, they're not winning a championship this year. I think we're all pretty clear on that, okay, unless, I mean, something – something that's not going to
1: happen would have to happen unless they kidnap Shea Gildas Alexander is probably
2: exactly right. Okay. (laughs) But, but here's the thing, 2005, 2006 season, they were 500 after 40 games. Okay. Mm. Uh, 2000, right. And they, they won the championship. Okay. Of course there was a coaching change. There were a whole bunch of things. Dwayne went nuclear. There's no Dwayne Wade on this roster. I get it, but I'm just saying there is a history here. Even go back to uh, the year 2015, 2016, when Chris Bosh was healthy, they were two games over 500 at the All Star break. Bosh got sick. That team ended up getting within one game of the Eastern Conference Finals, losing in Toronto. Uh, there have been we we talk about obviously the the, the 16 17 season uh, where they start 11 and 30 and they go 30 and 11. I, you know they have a history of kind of turning these things. Even go back to 03 04 where they started 0 and seven and they took Indiana to six games in the second round of the playoffs, and even 2010 2011 where they started, of course, 9-8 and eight in LeBron's first year, and they were screaming at each other in a locker room in Dallas. We were waiting outside for 55 minutes. The team didn't win a championship, but they did go to the finals. So I, that is why the same people are in the organization now. That's five examples, by the way. That was five. Exactly. Five. Sorry. within, within the last, last, 20, actually, years. So within the last 20 years. So what I'm saying is it's the same damn people in the organization. So you want to know why they're holding on to the rope? <laughs> because they've been through this before, right. okay? Many times over doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that this roster is as good as the 2010, 2011. You do not have LeBron James at the peak of his powers, and Dwayne Wade's still pretty damn close to it. But this is why they're going to hold on. And I can tell you, assuredly, for anybody who joined, they are not going to enter the Wemby sweepstakes. It's not <laughs> happening, okay? I was laughed at today about that. It's not what they do. I do agree, though, with others in our network and others on Heat Twitter and others in the fan base, if you're going to go for it, if you're going to pick the direction to go for it, you need to be willing to pay for it, okay? I think we're all in agreement on that. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Frankie. I enjoyed doing a stream with you for the first time. Thanks to all of our listeners, viewers, uh, and all that. And thanks, as always, to our sponsors. Have a good night. Thank you for
0: listening to The Five on the Floor on the 5 Regional Sports Network